What's going on in that head of yours? What's going on in that shirt of yours? <laughs> I, don't, I like my shirt. What don't you like about my shirt? I'm just glad we're sitting across from the table today because I just get to look at this and just drift away, man. <laughs> you, you just think this too, this shirt is too sexy for you? Like or? a rhinestone cowboy. I like it. I think it's great. It's just a black western shirt. And it looks like you're wearing leather. You're with me, leather. <laughs> I don't know who's going to be with you in that thing. Why? <laughs> you told me I look good. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow you missed that part. My name is John Edwards. With me, as always, is Zeke Baker, and together we make the Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time of day it is, thank you for making us a part of yours. Say hello to the folks, Zeke. Hello, hello, hello. Without further ado, we have one of our really good friends here. It's always a better day when he's in town. You guys might remember him from the episode he was on where Zeke was telling a story about how he had to poop on the side of a building. <laughs> Bob Little, welcome back to Dad Shrink and Bourbon. It's hey, great everybody. to have you. It's great to be here. So you're back in Nashville. I am. I am. I love this town, man. This town's great. When are you just going to move here? You know, if I could pay or convince my company to pay to move me up here, it'd probably be next week. Do you have to come here a lot for work enough where you could like get it to happen? No. No? I wish. No. <laughs> No, I love this town thing. I just tell them with 40 and 65 intersecting and Nashville International has great direct flights to everywhere. It's a perfect centralized hub to be at to hit all of the south. It's great. No, it's, I'm it's trying to help you right I, now with I'd your company. Here. I mean, it's only a four-hour drive. I just come up here way too much. It's okay. We're happy to have you. Bob, thanks for for being here. You brought some gifts, always, man. And yeah, before even better, we, he provided the booze. That's yeah, right. Southern hospitality at its best. And before we talk about this whiskey that Bob brought, Bob's about to get married. Next he month, is. I got like thirty-one days, thirty-two days. Brave man. What are you uh, doing to prepare for the wedding? Are you? Well, you, this is round two, so I've done this once before. You know, and I, I got couple of kiddos really it's uh i'm excited I, I love her to death and she's a great girl she puts up with me and allows me to do great bourbon things and she's puts perfect. up with your bourbon friends too she does put up my bourbon friends y'all have met her she's that's, a, that's exponentially <laughs> tougher than just putting up with you i mean our last <laughs> episode with bob she was asleep on the couch while that's, we were recording that's I mean, right that is a good woman right there yeah, that is how much she loves me so <laughs> she puts up with your long trips to her others she uh, yes all she asks for in return is some Jenny's ice cream. <laughs> and, and to the point that she'll even walk and go get it herself. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> She's a keeper. All we could say is Flangevar, congrats, Mazel Tov. Thank you. Thank All you. the good ones. Uh, Ruby Tuesday. Ruby Tuesday. Is that a, is that a Georgia thing? <laughs> no. Sounded good. <laughs> well, our hats off to you Thank and you. congrats you. on what is coming up. I know uh, we have to try to clear the calendar so we could work. What do you say about us live podcasting your wedding? Do it. Please come on down. <laughs> you know, it's great. We don't need no church wedding. We'll just go to the parking lot. We'll do it right. Well, I do have to say our good friends down at Printers Press Nashville. I'm super, super excited about this for Whiskey Warmer this weekend. Mm-hmm. They made us a banner for Whiskey Warmer. 
And so we actually have a dad's drinking bourbon banner that we can put up behind us so people know it's us. Is that okay to have at your wedding? Yes. Yeah. So you're okay with that in the back, like a big vinyl banner? Yeah. Hang, it from, hang it from the church balcony, you know? We're putting the banner so, behind us? Yeah. Oh, I thought we were going to put it like in front of a table so we can go pantless. <laughs> no, there's going to be like a tablecloth. So you can still go pantless. I don't know. i got long legs. It's a big, long, black tablecloth <laughs> they put in front of every table. Uh, I'll make sure I examine the area when we get there. If I have to audible, I can. We're going to put some rope up and, and put that banner behind us so that when people are looking, right? If you think about the crowd in front of our table is going to be pretty big. Especially if you're wearing one of those new Western shirts. Exactly. That's great, right. yeah. The crowd in front of our table is going to be big. you got to put the banner up high so that they know you're there. Mm-hmm. They won't just see the shine of your dome? No. Because we're yeah, going to be sitting down. That up Saturday morning, you know? I shave every other day. So this is just an off day. This is the, I shaved yesterday, I'll shave again tomorrow. So that's why the Western Church is not popping yet. Probably. What if they put the cowboy hat on that bad boy? Oh. Not everybody. Breaks out his dungarees again. Yes. Not yes. everybody can come looking good in a suit like Bob. You know, Bob showed up <laughs> Welcome to my to house Nashville, to see baby. He's got cowboy boots and a suit on. That is Southern Gentleman at its finest. That says I'm getting a business deal done today. <laughs> he is. Bob's ready to make some deals. Congratulations on your wedding. Thank you. Let's Thank you. talk yes. a little bit about what you brought because you brought us two whiskeys, both bourbon from Glens Creek in Kentucky, right? Yeah, Glens Creek. Yep. Mm-hmm. The, the first one I brought is uh, a stave and barrel. It's a bourbon whiskey, single barrel, double oaked. This one in particular is bottle number 21 of barrel 13 and a stout 123.8 proof, or as you like to say, 61.9 APV. You know, Katie knew we were talking about her. This one is uh, really about the only thing we know about the mash bill on this is it's 21% rye. That's, only put, that's all he puts on the back. The, the rumor that I heard was that this is only age six months. And on the back, it says aged at least six months. I mean, you kind of take it for what, whatever that means. Aged at least six months, but the color on these, we normally don't mention color too much, but the color on these are really, really dark in the bottle. Yeah, the only other thing I've seen that young and that much color is the stuff out of Texas. So there's two of these. One is the OCD5. Now, the interesting thing about this OCD5 they said they made it from yeast in one of the original fermentation tanks from Old Crow Distillery. So OCD, that's Old a, Crow yeah, that's Distillery. That's next. Yeah, Glens Creek is the former site of the Old Crow Distillery. A lot of the stuff has been sitting there for thirty years untouched. So when you go there, one of the coolest things is you see people post on Instagram, you see them post on Facebook. You have the rubble of the Old Crow Distillery there. And then Glens Creek has kind of come from it. It's got this warehouse-looking building that's there. And you go back, they have old, just corn, all sorts of bags for their grains that are just sitting there that have been untouched for 30 years. It's like a bourbon museum. Going and seeing Greek ruins, except it's bourbon. Interesting. I have heard it's pretty much in shambles, more or less, as far as the original distillery. And I think it's even to the point of you couldn't reclaim it, so to speak, even if you wanted to and had an indefinite amount of money to do so. Yeah, but they've taken everything they can to salvage what they could there and then rebuild. So if you look at the Glens Creek website, they talk about how they salvaged what they could. They built it up. Some of that stuff they've actually 
come in. They've made a pot still. They've used those other buildings that were still able to be used to come up with what they have. Now, some of the things that are interesting in here, that Stephen barrel that you talked about, the, the single barrel double oaked, that was distilled in Indiana, aged at least six months. The other one, they found that yeast that was still in a fermentation tank from Old Crow, and they made it from there. Both of these, we don't know at age, we just know it's six months. Again, I, I don't want to reiterate this point too much, but dark as hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On both of them. But what'd you buy these for, Bob? Uh, this, this first one we're going to talk about, the uh, Staven Barrel, the Double Barrel. I want to say it was $65, but I bought it at the Lexington Airport, so it may have been marked up a little bit more. And then the other one, the OCD, that one was 55 We need to drink more. We do. So we want to go through the Save and Barrel first? Yeah. Okay, so again, to reiterate, 123.8 proof, 61.9 ABV, distilled in Indiana, aged at least six months. Bob, you're the guest. Why don't you go first? Tell us your tasting notes. Uh, this one on the nose, I got kind of some muted oak and burnt sugar. That's what I got on the nose. Uh, taste, astringent, young, kind of funky vanilla extract and butterscotch. And the finish was kind of medium, kind of leading into like a tannic dry finish. Zeke, what about you? Um, granted, I am pretty congested today. Uh, sinuses in Tennessee are in full blast, but nose, I really couldn't pick up hardly anything. Palette-wise, it seemed very hot. And then at the very end, there was some faint sweetness to it. At one point, I really thought it reminded me of eating um, the Nerds candy. It was that kind of sweet that was in there. And then kind of coupled it with the hot. It almost like taking a, a you know a, a cinnamon red hot or something of that nature and a couple of Nerds and uh, chewing those at the same time. I think you'd get a pretty close profile. Definitely more red hots than Nerds, though. So I didn't get the heat like you did, which is interesting. The, the nose... I said it was a dessert candy, creamy creme brulee, slight coffee note. All in all, it was dark. There were some chocolate notes in there, too. The taste, it was like cooked corn, chocolate-covered popcorn. I definitely got that corn aspect to it. It doesn't finish like a high-proofer. It's smooth, medium finish with... Something just blew up by my house. They must be blasted. I was wondering which one of y'all's stomachs that was. It's smooth, medium finish with a small tingle that was lingering, but not much. It, ooh, I get heat. Medium and tank. Like, it's not a long finish, and it, it's dry. But, you know, in looking at it, obviously, you know, there's some staves to it. It does say double-barreled. So, assumably, young juice from MGP, they probably got it, dumped the barrel it was in, put it in their own barrel, which we don't even know what size that could have been, and put some stave combination in there. I didn't get hot. Like, it wasn't super hot for me. It was just, I don't know. It, nothing was tingling or burning. No, I, I didn't get a whole lot of heat. I don't know. At least says in the back of the label, a little extra bite. And that's why they used the 21% rice to give it that spiciness on the tongue. I think it, it had a slight tingle, but nothing was, like, super hot. Who knows? came off hot as hell to me. All right, Zeke, you go first. What about this OCD number five? On the nose-wise, I just got a mixture of corn and heat. It really reminded me of being an active, like a sawmill or a lumberyard in the summertime. Just how noticeable and fresh and distinct those smells can be. And palate-wise, this was fresh pop. And even in the time it's been in the glass, it's moved as far as what I get and almost seems to go back and forth. 
at first it really reminded me of um, you know Butterfingers or Graham Crackers. It seemed to become more corn forward over a few sips, but then when I circled back to it, I, I got more wetted the first time, and it just really seemed to almost um, Jekyll and Hyde back and forth between that niceness of Butterfingers, Graham Crackers, etc., versus something that was just really corn forward and, and the youth shown a lot more at times. Bob, you sure you got these blinds right for us? <laughs> Is this OCD? Should be. Yep. I'll say only, the, what, what about only one this, had a very distinct this nose. Would be, so you told me left was the double stave and right was the OCD. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I am not getting Butterfinger. <laughs> no, and that's, that's the thing. Well, I didn't get it on either one, but... The nose for me on this one, I got like fake vanilla frosting that has a lot of high fructose corn syrup. Like just something that... It's like a manufactured sweetness, but it smells creamy. Like when you smell it, you're like, oh, this is going to be something creamy that, and, and vanilla. But then when I taste it, I don't get that at all. It's Jekyll and Hyde for me, at least between the nose and the palate. The palate was malt. It was malt, malt, malt. It came through and it's most predominant. You can't taste the vanilla despite the nose. Just a lot of malted barley and maybe hints of citrus where the youth comes in. The finish was medium. It's super smooth. It goes away quickly. Same more of a malt characteristics from the stave. I don't know if that's directly relatable, but and that's why it, I'm wondering if Bob messed it up. No, it's, no. I mean, but it's a it's a malt profile that you find in stave finished products. It's not like malted barley in that true flavor. But I know it's hard to discern the two. But I get what you're saying there. I did also want to know what creamy looks like because I've never smelled creamy, <laughs> but I, and I'd like to see it too. I'm just, just saying it, yogurt, so. it smells, and, and the way I'm describing that, right, is something that's a little bit thicker. It's not going to be, maybe thick's a better word. It doesn't feel like it's going to be light on the tongue, at least when you're smelling it. And then when I taste it, I said, okay, yeah, something that coats your, coats your mouth. When you have frosting, is it creamy? It doesn't smell creamy. Oh. You have a distinct... It tastes creamy. But 90% of your your tasting is from your the only, nose. The only time I can get creamy and it be a, a sense besides taste, it has to be visual. Like if I see whipped egg whites, that's creamy. Well, maybe you need to think outside the box. I, 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 that would be thinking outside the box. Like I see something, I can say, oh, that looks creamy, even though it's not really a visual sense. It's just... It's on that nose. I felt like it was going to be pretty I'm thick. I'm going to get Sophia the Five Senses book and let her start reading that to you. You're reading it to her because that's where we need to go here. Just say it. It kind of smelled a little bit. I could tell it was going to be a little bit thicker. It wasn't going to be thin on the palate. It's something that has a little bit of substance in there. You get that smell from Shinerbach? I don't drink Shinerbach. What about Bud Light? Bud Light's thin. Exactly. So that you shirt, got the same that shirt says you drink it pretty regular. <laughs> <laughs> that shirt says green shiner buck. Hey, dark thick lager. Drink it down, ladies. <laughs> y'all, y'all are just jealous you don't have this shirt. Going to go to the store and go get me two right now. You should. Well, all right. My tasting notes. On the nose, I got I got corn. I do I do smell like ground corn, but like you. Like strong vanilla sugar frosting. It just doesn't taste like natural bourbon. I mean, smell, excuse me, smell like natural bourbon. It just, like if you picked up any other bourbon that's in this room, it's not going to have a nose anything like this, which is just different. On the taste, I was originally saying like 
almost like a light peated because I, I don't like a light peated scotch. I was educated and told that it's more of a malted barley, but it's kind of smoky. But if you've ever had like a peated scotch, it kind of reminded me a lot of that. And then the finish is just dry, just short and dry. And kind of a, a bit of a tangent here, but something just popped in my head regarding some other distilleries and things. Every now and then folks will get a really good honey barrel from MB Rolling Bourbon. Guys that are drinking, you know, the old ND stuff and the old old crow will tell you like some of those barrels are the one of the few things that really reminds them of the original old crow juice. And I will say there's some kind of component to this that I can, you know, see in my head or link to the, where they were getting some of those honey barrels of MB Rolling and, and where they kind of fit in. But again, it's it's a totally different profile than you get from bourbon, especially young bourbon. Could it be the yeast in theory? It does play a major role in what goes into it, so I can't write it off, but just knowing marketing and other things along those lines, this, this day and age, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm more skeptical on the front end than I would be just a blind believer on faith. I mean, I would say, and, and I'm about, I just put two together because I want to taste what these taste like when they're blended together, famous Zeke experiment. But um, I think these two bourbons are a good like experiment, you know, like us that get to drink and are blessed to be able to drink a lot of different things. You know, these, to me, are both very off-profile. Like, I, I don't think that there's many things sitting on the shelf right now that have these noses or kind of flavor profiles. And and I know this isn't a wide distribution, but if you wanted something a little different, you know, just, just to kind of mix things up, I, I don't think either one of these are bad. I'd be interested to see where they go. I think it's definitely, and I know people say that's a cop-out. I'm probably a, a solid bar on these where they are now, but I think it's, like you said, it's not something that you're getting from everybody else. And that's a good thing, right? We can't keep going to the same thing in the shelf every day. I think they are kind of just getting up and going. I mean, these are these are done six months. So when you age something six months, opposed to aging something a little bit longer, you're looking to see they're just starting out. And if that's what they're doing after six months, I'd be very interested to see what they do after two years, three years, four years, as some of that stuff ages. And I hope they are setting some of those barrels to the side while they're putting this stuff out to Mm -hmm. get the money coming in. Mm -hmm. You got to respect, I mean, they're either going to put out their own stuff, they're going to do clear liquid, or they're going to source. Yes, some of this is sourced, but they're doing interesting things with it. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, assumably that's why they've got the extra source stuff is, you know, to hopefully sit on some of their own juice and allow a, a somewhat of a reserve to build. But I think their output's very high right now, is it? No, it's not. It's not very high at all. And, and it's, it kind of, um, and the stories that I heard from people that visited the distillery kind of reminds me a little bit about like what Heaven Hill's doing, you know, and they're little, or they're doing like one barrel a day and the master distillers getting an opportunity to play around with some things. You mean at the Evan Williams experience yeah, yeah, sorry, in, in yeah, Louisville? Evan Williams, yeah, and it's still Heaven Hill, but yeah. they have that distillery in mm-hmm. Louisville, and it's just—I yeah, was like, yeah. one a day from Heaven Hill, <laughs> yeah. ah, about one a minute. Yeah, no, it's but, the one that's right down in uh, in Louisville, the downtown distillery, and and they put out one barrel a day. But like Bob was saying, there is a a distiller that is only at that site, mm-hmm. and, and he, he gets, gets to play, play around and do some different things, and that's kind of like what this tastes like, you know. Like when, when Buffalo Trace does this, like they did with the Mongolian oak and like what they're about to do with the French oak, 
it might make it to a shelf somewhere, but we're not going to see it. So this is something that's sitting on a shelf right now that you could get and, and just try something different. Agreed. That's why I think for me right now, it's a solid bar. I'm probably for, for that. And 55, money. 60 bucks. It's, and that's sad to talk about now is at 55, 60 bucks for something like this. But realistically, there's a lot of people putting out younger stuff or just as young for a hundred to 125 a bottle. You got me perplexed too. Let's go to the liquor store. We'll start pulling some bottles. Zeke, what's your final verdict on this one? I think I'd bar both of these at best. Um, they're unique profiles, but neither one jump up and down at me. Cocktails could be fun. Blending could be fun. But straight up, I would say even with, you know, on the rocks or ice, too many other options out there these days to get distracted by that I would inevitably grab any, you know, time I went to the bar to, you know, fix that drink. So that is a kind of a short bottle, so I might not even see the neck. Yeah, I agree. Bar, you know, if you want to try something different, but... I just wonder where you're going to find this out on a bar with their limited distribution. It's obviously in Kentucky somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Bob, on that note, congratulations again on your upcoming nuptials. We can't wait to see a ring on your finger again. Congratulations. Zeke, do you have anything you want to say to Bob before we... G-E-O-R-G-I-A. Go dogs. Bob, anything you want to say before we close up shop? What's the good word, people? Throw it out there on Instagram. Let Zeke know where you are. All right. Go ahead and find us on Facebook at Dad's Ricky Bourbon. Find us on Instagram, as Bob wants you to do, at Dad's Ricky Bourbon. Find us on Twitter at Bourbon Dads. You can join our Facebook group, answer a couple questions. We'll let you get in. You can find us on your favorite podcast app, which we hope you already have. We're on all the big ones, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, etc. Please leave us an open and honest review. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? Nashville, Tennessee, and Whiskey Warmer coming up soon. Cheers. Ciao. (laughs) Cheers.